Welcome to Women Who Kill, you guys. This is Kai, our guest today. Uh, very funny true crime producer, Josie Elliott. Hi. Uh, people might know you as uh, a mind behind Twisted Sisters with Khloe Kardashian. <laughs> I did help produce that show. It was, I was part of a very strong team. Um, yeah. And, and also Ice Cold Blood with Ice Tea. Yes, I helped on that as well. Okay. Also part of a very good team. Nice. What what was your favorite part about about both of those shows? Wow, I mean, Twisted Sisters, uh, Chloe's show, it, um, I had the best boss on actually both those shows, and I think that's what made those experiences amazing. Is they had very different leadership styles, but they were kick ass. They just were so good at what they did, and it made us confident in what we did. Uh huh. And we're working with heavy dark shit, so you need somebody that's you know on top of it. Did any of the other Kardashians uh, ever drop in to say hello? No, I think they were very busy. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about uh, Juanita Harris. If uh, you're not familiar with her, we'll say long story short first, and then we'll, we'll go into the long story. She killed someone, and then she did a, a hell of a job covering it up. Almost got away with it. She was from Texas. She was born in 1973, is it? 70, I think so. 1973? Yeah. And uh, not much is known about her family life because uh, I'm assuming because the case is so recent. Yeah. I, I tried to, to look. I, I, I found everything I could find about it on the Google. Yeah. And her family didn't give any interviews. It mm -hmm. wasn't like they were like, oh, we're going to go ahead and like they're kind of they seemed like they this they this made them want to be private. Yeah. They they're like, yeah, this is uh, she she did it. Um, we get it. We we probably know why. We don't want to talk about it. Exactly. This is, we're just gonna pretend that she <laughs> that we don't know her. If anyone asks, uh, no, that's just some lady that that shares our last name. Uh, so let's let's get into it. All right. Um, who or where do we want to start? Let's start at the beginning. Okay, with uh her her victim. Sure. Okay. Um. She uh, had killed a guy named Michael Giles, and this guy was a military man, decorated, uh, I think, 20-plus years in the military. Uh -huh. It was like his childhood dream to be like, I'm going to grow up and be in the Air Force, and he did it. He did it for a long time and got to travel the world, and then he met her in England. Yeah. Yeah, when I think she was like- they, She was married to a guy in the Air Force. It was his boss as well. Right. Yeah. So. Her husband was Michael's boss, and uh, Quinetta was... They were about to get a divorce, right? Not yet. She was 14 years younger than Michael's, and then like... 14? I think she was 14 years younger than okay. he was. And so she hears this beautiful lady, and then apparently, like you were saying, there were some... Their marriage was on the rocks. Don't military brides usually stay at home? And I don't mean stay at home, like in the kitchen, uh, barefoot, pregnant. Blah, blah. I mean at back home, like where they are from. They get married to a guy in the military. Both people with the expectation that they're not going to see each other very much. And uh, they get to do their own thing, assuming uh, and uh, possibly live a happy life if uh, someone comes back home in one piece without PTSD. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's what we hear. So, like, I think maybe I'm just going to theorize. I I'm, I don't have it in front of me, but maybe she was in the military, too. Did she join? 
I know she was super I haven't young. been able to find that information, but I mean, I guess assuming that she was a nurse, yeah. uh, maybe she was in the uh, the medical uh, I think she the went medical the field military. of the branch. I think she went to the military and then like uh, was super young, like maybe eighteen. But that information is not available either. So maybe the military was like, mm, "We don't, we don't want." <laughs> maybe not. We don't claim her. I think she. I. I want to say I remember reading somewhere that she went to military school, mm-hmm. uh, or she went to nursing school later. But I don't know. I because there's such little information on her. But I think maybe the police told me that when I talked to them about this case. Like mm-hmm. I don't remember. But I want to say that she went to nursing school later because of military. I don't know. But anyway, she was in England and she saw Michael and um, he was like emotionally there for her. Um, You know what he did? What? He he worked on uh, helicopter engines. So he was like a man with like strong hands (laughs) and a smart mind. Yeah. Mm. So apparently they had like this connection and even after the divorce, she stayed in touch with him. Well, eventually she moved in with him because, uh, and at this point they were still friends, because her husband kicked her out of the house, probably for being a fucking psychopath. (laughs) And Michael felt bad for her, and so he moved her in, and they were first just friends. And then, obviously, it progressed uh, to more than that, because uh, straight people don't know how to be friends with each other. Uh... I want to dig into, you just said a couple things. I wanna, it's like, you're like, so he kicks her out of the house, probably for being a psychopath. Like, that is a moment where Michael Giles unknowingly met his demise. Uh-huh. Being like, oh man, hot girl having problems, I'm going to come to the rescue. Hubby dodged a bullet. Yeah. It's like, at what point, like, if he just would have called. <laughs> hubby. If, um, if Michael would have called up the husband and been like, yo, dude. Yeah, what's going on? What's is going this, on? Is she's this cool? Hot. Is it cool? Like, and he would be like, "Are we still friends?" <laughs> He'd be like, "No, man, she's psycho." And he'd be like, "Okay, cool. Not yeah, gonna touch it with a ten foot pole." Yeah, that's why we need to talk to each other and communicate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else? No, uh, keep in mind this is all uh, happening in the early nineties. So, what else was happening in the early nineties? Uh, well, for one thing, there was no, uh, no Facebook. No Facebook. There was no Twitter. I'm going to so, Google what, um, like, the top songs of 1990. I think Vanilla Ice just came on the scene. Oh, really? <laughs> I think so. It was much harder to do research on someone without, uh, short of an actual hiring a private investigator. And who has time for that? Or purchasing their background check. And let's be honest, uh, background checks only work if the person has ever been caught. Right, so let's just put this in frame here. Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit came out in okay. the ni- 1991. Yeah. My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion was 97. Okay. Baby One More Time, 98. So and this was right when, uh, right before Titanic, the movie dropped. Exactly. Wow. So around the time where the Titanic was movie <laughs> was coming out, Quinetta was snuggling up to Michael Giles. Right. Right. All right, that's what's going on. 1996 is when this happens, and we're going to walk you through it, because it's crazy, and you'll find out exactly what happened when we get to it. That sounded very NPR, didn't it? (laughs) It did. There should be like a a synthy piano music playing in the background. Please let there be. (laughs) Can we just... 
Okay, so uh, 1996. So at this point, Juanita has moved back to Detroit. Um, Michael is finishing up his career in the military. Uh, 2002, they start talking again. At this point, he's purchased a house in Garland, Texas. Uh, she has shacked up with uh, a guy named DeAndre Knight in Michigan, who, uh, in addition to being her partner in love, is also her partner in crime. Yep, they had a bunch of little petty scams that they would do together. And then, um, I don't know what went on in their relationship, but she then reconnected years later with Michael. Mm -hmm. And so she uh, ended up splitting her time between Michigan and Texas with her, uh, her side guy, and uh, I guess her other side guy. I feel like they were both side guys. I feel like neither of them were, uh, was the main guy, and neither of them knew it. Exactly. Which is, ooh, I mean, she was a busy lady. Mm -hmm. So at some point, the VA gets uh, curious because Michael suddenly stops making payments on his home loan. And Michael is the kind of guy who not only would always pay on time, but would sometimes pay early and would sometimes pay twice what he owed just to bring his, uh, his balance down. Yeah, this little. guy was a mi punctual military man. Like, yeah. this was not somebody who's, like, waiting to the day before or, like, borrowing money from people. This guy was on top of his shit. Right. So to miss a payment, they're, like, huge, what the, like, red flag. So they went to his house to kind of, they were worried. They're like, what's going on, dude? Which is crazy because, um, I mean, the VA drops the ball a lot. Uh, and I'm not going to say much more than that. I'll, I'll leave it up to people who are in the military to be uh, super critical of the VA. But uh, one thing they did here is something that no other bank would ever do. Banks don't give a shit when you miss a payment. If you've been paying making payments for 15 years um, and you miss a couple payments, they're so quick to foreclose and uh, sell your house to someone else for $100,000. Uh, so the fact that they, they caught this and uh, they gave a shit and it raised a red flag and they alerted authorities is like remarkable. It's, it's really, yeah, it, it really is. So they, they went down there and um, the house was being rented by someone else. And they're like, this is odd. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, I'm, you know, yeah, the, I'm renting it from Quinetta Harris, mm -hmm. who is the owner of the house. And she, at this point, is uh, an absentee landlord. She's, she's renting from Michigan. Yep. And they were like, okay. Best case scenario for a renter, though, right? Yeah, right. He, she's never there. So they were like, well, that's cool. Can we just kind of look around the house? Right. And he's like, yeah, I have no problem with that. And so they start poking around, and the police officers told me that they're like, honestly, everything checked out. And then we went outside. To the backyard. To the backyard, and they were like, he goes, I'm getting chills, like even recalling it. He's like, there was this plot in the backyard. He's like, that looked like someone had dug it to bury a body. It was just a random-ass concrete slab in the middle of the middle of the yard and the guy renting the house was like yeah i mean i thought it kind of looks weird because it wasn't an actual extension of the patio and it wasn't even really big enough to put chairs and a table on uh but whatever i guess rent was cheap right yeah that's so i mean he didn't give it too much thought and they were like yeah we we're gonna put a pin in this <laughs> we don't like this yeah 
uh, we'll be back. And he's like, okay, cool. Because they couldn't, even no matter how suspicious they were, uh, they couldn't do anything without a warrant. Exactly. They didn't have that. So they just were like, we're going to file this. And then like, we need to reach out to Quinetta. And they flew to her front door. And they're like, hey, Michael's been missing. And she's like, oh, my God. You know, she was just, what do you mean he's missing? And, you know, they kind of filled her in. And By the way, I don't mean to interrupt, but I want to say this before I forget. Uh, in every movie, every TV show where I've ever seen someone get buried in the backyard with concrete poured, uh, usually they do the entire backyard or they build a gazebo. Like, why didn't you think of any of these things? Yeah, if like, there was a gazebo there, no one would have suspected anything. Yeah, or like put some new grass over it. Or yeah. disguise it in some way, shape, or form. So not, that it looks like the rest of the yard. Yeah, it was just, yeah. Not trying to tell you guys how to get away with murder. Or anything. <laughs> but, I mean, she spent so much time and effort in this cover-up. Only she got sloppy at the yeah. end. She, uh, fourth quarter, she really dropped the ball. As well. She got sloppy <laughs> at the beginning, when, when she, which is the only place where she, which is the place where you don't expect her to be sloppy. Anyway. Yeah. So we they digress. are in um, Michigan. She's in Michigan. Police are like, hey, um, he's missing. What, what do you know? And she knew very little, you know? And they were like, well, also, we're, we kind of looked into the bank statements and all that, and your name's on everything. We think that's weird. And she's like, I actually, um, and then she said, well, I'm having a relationship with Michael and I have a daughter and it's actually, she claimed that her daughter was Michael's. Okay. She told police that. And she said, Michael and I decided not to settle it through the courts. Um, we broke up. So he's put my name on the stuff so I could take really what I needed, an appropriate amount. Because that's how child support that's works. That's how child support works. And that's, but it seemed... Like, okay, that checks out, but also, like, that's pretty weird. Because it's like, okay, maybe they did, he seemed like a reasonable guy. Maybe they did have an agreement like that. Like, we don't know. Um, but they're like, oh, man, like this? Hmm. <laughs> right, and at this point, they also uh, had contacted Michael's family. Yeah, about that. This is uh, 2007. It's around 2007. Which is when Britney Spears shaved her head. Are we right? Is that? Possibly. So I think, I'll take your word for it. I think uh, yeah, 2007 might have been a bad year for Britney. Ah, well. And Michael Giles. Yeah. So uh, Michael's family says, we haven't heard from Michael in like a year. I mean, we've kind of heard from him. He's been uh, texting us and emailing us saying, hey, I'm going through some stuff right now. I'm uh, going out of the country for a little bit. I just really need some time to myself. Yeah, and apparently he'd sent a couple texts throughout the year. He was just like, you know, maybe a little letter here and there, a little text, and... Just checking in. Yeah. I mean, uh, occasionally some of the stuff he would say was out of character for himself. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that happens when you're, when you're going through stuff. Sometimes you just don't sound like yourself, right? Yeah, and so he took a vacation, and they're like, okay, that's what he needed. So, you know, and he seemed like a quiet guy anyway. Uh-huh. So... Here's what happened. Back in 2006, uh, we're rewinding to when Juanita and Michael were having their long-distance relationship. Uh, at one point, she realizes that uh, the money 
that he's giving her isn't enough because he's probably paying for things here and there. But he doesn't have her on an actual uh, salary or like a, a wife payroll. Yeah. Maybe they had an argument. Maybe he was like, hey, I found out about Homeboy in Detroit. Maybe it's like, we don't know what was going on, but I personally believe that her money um, flux from him was under a threat. And I don't think he knew about her kid. I don't think he knew. Because she would fly to see him, but he would never fly to see her. Exactly. So it's like, I don't think he knew the stakes. Um, She was getting something from him, and it was going to stop. That's my belief. And uh, so when she found that out, she's like, I will stop at nothing to keep this money in my hands. And so she killed him. And they, he was, I think, sleeping on the couch. Uh-huh. And she took a pillow from the couch and put it over the back of his head and fired it, like execution style, like cold blood. And then she... To be fair, that is uh, what I've heard a more humane way to kill someone. Can you, can you go into that? <laughs> like, um, do you, uh, did you what? ever watch the Americans? No. Okay. There, well, there was this really uh, traumatic scene in the Americans where one of uh, everyone's favorite character uh, gets executed in a Russian prison uh, and they, they uh, shoot her in the back of the head. Um, but apparently when you shooting someone in the brain cell is uh, it's less painful because it immediately severs, uh, you know, the, the connections that cause you to feel the pain of a gunshot wound. So I'm sure that was on the Though it's very brutal. It looks very brutal. Apparently, it's a humane way to execute people. So um, I'm sure that whereas, was on the forefront of Cornetta's mind. I'm just saying. <laughs> in, in, in Russia, that, that we, we like to talk shit about uh, Russia being, uh, being vicious, uh, but we're still using... Uh, drug cocktails and electric chairs to kill people. Anyway, uh, as far as uh, state-sponsored executions go. Yeah. But, but at least she didn't shoot him in the face. Yeah, just the back of it. Um, <laughs> like, it's awful. Like, it's just such a sad, awful thing because he, like, I don't know. I just, so they weren't even fighting. I mean, they might have been arguing at some point. But they were not at the moment fighting. He was fucking resting in his house that he paid for. That he paid for. And he'd been giving her money. And he thought, he probably was like, who knows? Maybe they did have an argument. But he was like, hey, maybe let's end it. We're adults. And then she's like, I need money. And so he's like napping. And then she just goes in there with a pillow and a gun. And it's done. And that, that's... It. The thing that makes this so terrifying is that normally on the show when we talk about uh, women who kill men in their lives, the guys kind of deserved it. <laughs> like, they were, they were uh, rapists or they were, like, super abusive uh, in one way or another. And this guy was just, like, trying to do his best. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like if, if he was abusive towards her, we would have heard about it. I think we would have heard about it. It's like no one had negative things to say about Michael Giles. Yeah. You know, this is someone who was very predictable, who was very steady. Boring even. Yeah. Truly. Ah, so I don't think he was exciting enough to be abusive. That's what I'm saying. Like this guy, there's no secrets with him. He's too boring. Uh-huh. He's too, everything's just so predictable. And maybe that's why someone like Quinetta was like, 
I can manipulate the situation. Mm -hmm. And then when she was like, oh, I can't manipulate it anymore. I'm being held accountable for the affair or whatever he found out about. Mm -hmm. Um, Now he's ending it. She's just like this huge, like, all, yeah, like, who knows? Like, what was in her mind? I can't imagine ever wanting to hurt somebody like that. But she just, like, snapped and killed him. So after she killed him, um, skip forward a little bit. When police caught her and uh, searched through her records, uh, and we'll talk about more, we'll talk a little bit more about what they found, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, a few of her Google searches were um, how, to, how to leave the country overnight, how to get blood out of a couch. Yep. Like how to, um, <laughs> it was just like how to murder someone. Yeah. So uh, apparently she, she ended up successfully getting the blood out of the couch. She did. She. There were no stains. She hired a a guy, a 14-year-old kid and his uncle to dig a hole in the backyard. She told them that uh, uh, she was putting a pond in, which uh, I don't know how many ponds are in backyards in Texas. Well, about those guys, like, so she hired these guys, but she also uh, sold them michael's furniture right and there was um a couple months after so they just thought they were getting a good deal they're like oh we got paid to to dig this pond and we got we got a free couch out of it totally and then um when they were buying the furniture and moving it out of the house uh the neighbors actually called the police because because they thought they were being robbed yes because texas and uh racism mexicans (laughs) carrying things out of a house they must be robbers yeah, so they called the police, and then the police showed up because of the racist complaint, and uh, they were like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, we're here buying this from Quinetta, and the police were like, oh, sorry, we didn't mean to... And right, they, they she's like, off. yeah, I, I live here, and, and these I mean, guys. people, that could be verified by the neighbors, right? For sure. Yeah. So they were like, oh, okay, no big deal, and they leave. Um, then those two guys dig a hole in the backyard, and according to the police, like when they later interviewed these guys. They mm-hmm. had made a joke, like, it's pretty weird to be digging a it's hole about in the backyard. size of a body. Yeah, they were, like, joking between, they're like, who knows? They're like, now, looking back, whoa. Uh-huh. They had no idea what was going on. But can you imagine? <laughs> like, yeah. oh, my God. So that happened. She, then she hired a completely different guy to come in and uh, pour the concrete. Uh, I wonder if that guy thought the same thing. Oh, this is crazy. This is a... Uh, What's that bag I'm pouring this concrete over? It's about the size of a body. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) And like, but I guess you would probably never come across something like that as a concrete pourer. Like, it's not on your like, hey, here's some red flags to look for on the job. Right. Like, if you're pouring concrete into a hole and there's a bag that looks, I don't know. Like, you're not trained to spot that. Or you just don't want to believe it. You're like, ah, come on. You've been watching too much TV. Totally. There's, it's just so fucking crazy and out there. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, after uh, she disposed of the body, she gathers all of Michael's belongings and moves them back home. Yeah. Uh, she, she has DeAndre fly back. Well, that was the money issue, because she's like, how do I get the house under my name how do i get well that was another one of her google searches was how how do i get control of someone else's finances <laughs> this is this is really she really <laughs> fucked up with the 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 size of the hole 
and uh, her Google searches. Google search history will get you every time. <laughs> um, yeah, so she was like, I need to get control of his finances. So she goes to the bank and is like, hey, um, I need Michael to sign over his house and to they're me. they're like, uh, uh, sorry, crazy lady. Uh, Michael needs to come in and sign over his stuff to you. Right, the bank is doing due diligence. Like, nope. And she's like, fuck, how do I get that money? So she devises this plan and has her boyfriend dress up in like mummy bandages and like puts him in a bed, like a hospital bed in the house because she's a nurse. Yeah. And she's like, oh, there was a horrific accident. He can barely move. Yeah, he was in a car accident. It was terrible. Um, can he please have someone from the bank sign in, in our house? Yeah. Like, this has just been so horrible for our family. So they have their, uh, their notary public. Do a house call. And they were, the guy was like, I felt so bad, this poor man, like he can barely pick up a pen, uh-huh. but he's signing away his house. And that was that. It's insane that that, that they fell for that. And who the fuck dresses somebody up like a mummy and, I don't know. Well, I would worked. never think of that. It worked. It worked. So she got a, apparently from the time that Michael quote unquote disappeared, until the time that Quanita was uh, contacted by police, she had uh, gotten $200,000 out of Michael. Yep. Who knows what she did with it? Yeah, there's no records uh, that I saw that were even saying what she was doing with this money. But when they went to her house uh, and they, they found, uh, they seized her computers and they found these Google searches, they found like all of Michael's bank statements, bank records. Um, personal documents, stuff like IDs, passports, social security card, everything. you name it, uh, all of his possessions in her house. And uh, they were able to use that information to go back to the house um, and uh, dig up the concrete slab that the first time, by the way, they brought a cadaver dog with them and the dog was like there, <laughs> like hit. but they couldn't do anything about it. So at this point they had enough evidence to get a warrant for the house. And they dug up the body, and it was super decomposed, but not so much so that they couldn't identify it, and bullet in the back of the head. Exactly. Um, They extradited her back to Texas. But she'd stolen so much money from Michael that she paid her own bail and was out. So... I mean, that's, she just like. Shouldn't they have seized her cash in her bank accounts too when they were extraditing her? That's what I would think. But somehow she paid her own bail and she's out of there. And during that time, while she's awaiting trial, this is where the story gets even crazier. She's awaiting trial. The crime hotline for tips goes bananas. Uh-huh. And it's like, they start talking about the, um, oh, the, the two men that dug the hole in the backyard. They're like, it was them. Um, they're being implicated now. And then there were other tips coming in about how, you know, you got the wrong person. And, you know, the crime hotline is just going crazy. And right before her trial is set to take place, uh, this woman, this young woman, walks into the courthouse and asks for the judge. Um, that's going to preside over Quinetta's case. Mm-hmm. And the judge was saying, yeah, I remember that day and I'm there. And he's just like, yeah, I'm right here. What do you need? Yeah. And she looks at him dead in the eyes and says, you know, I killed uh, Michael Giles. Right. And the whole courtroom's just like, what? 
So I'm not sure how anyone came to question this, but someone uh, thought that uh, something was fishy about this confession. Well, it was that she was a very meek um, girl. Uh, her name was Erica Flores. Uh-huh. And she was just this tiny, very young. Oh, was she like 19? Yeah, she was very young, very tiny. Uh, and was like, I killed Michael Giles. Yeah. You know, and they're like, what? Like, this is, this doesn't add up. Right. So they're like, wait a minute here. Who, what's going on? So they pulled her in for questioning. And okay, so she cracked under under uh, interrogation. And what had happened, and this is fucking nuts. What happened was Quanita had secretly contacted her, pretending to be a lawyer, saying we think that this woman is being illegally found guilty, and we need to find out that if someone went in and confessed to this crime, if the charges against her would be dropped. So we, we, we need you to go in undercover and confess to this crime uh, in, the, in the name of justice. Ex- so she didn't think anything would happen to her. She thought she was playing a role. They gave her a script. Quanita gave her a script to follow and rehearsed it with her. Mm-hmm. And gave her, that's the thing is, and she also was even more conniving and more um, even evil than that, she told this girl that it was about, I believe she said it was about racial profiling. Mm -hmm. And like, we believe that there's a bias and we want to see if you go. So she really kind of played up this justice, uh, social justice, very relevant, real issue. So she was ready to send this girl to to jail jail for a long time. But told her like, we have a whole team of people that are gonna like come in and once we find out it is racial profiling, we're gonna take you out of jail. You Mm -hmm. might go there for a night. Yeah. We're gonna pay for everything. Like, don't you worry. So she was like, this is psycho. Yeah. Like she's, you know, exploiting a very real issue. And this kid's like, great, I'm gonna help. Let me go in. By the way, those text messages and those emails that that Michael's family was receiving, obviously. It was, it was actually coming from Quineta, who had his, his computer, his phone, the passwords to everything, and had been uh, keeping uh, tabs on his family to make sure that they thought he was still alive the entire time. 2009 is when she was sentenced. Uh, she ended up pleading guilty, and she was sentenced to 50 years, uh, 50 years in prison. Fast forward to 2015, out of nowhere, Quanita Harris gets a court order that reduces her sentence from 50 years to eight years, which is coincidentally how much time she has already served. So she's eligible for parole right away. Yep. Turns out, this court order was fucking fake. She found a way from prison to write a court order and like get it like looking so official and it made it to the top of the chain. She forged the judge's <laughs> signature. She forged his signature. Which is why you should have a unique signature that's not too messy. Because uh, someone asked the judge later on and uh, this judge didn't have much to say about it because, I mean, I'm sure this is embarrassing, but the judge did say that their signature was not that difficult to forge. It was probably just an X. 
Uh, so uh, she had uh, found a, a prison lawyer. And when I say prison lawyer, I don't mean a lawyer. Uh, I mean uh, someone in prison who's real smart and has, uh, reads a lot of books and is, has probably represented themselves at one point in time. Um, but they were able to find the correct form. They were able to fill it out the right way. They probably printed it in the prison library. Do you think she had help? Do you think she was like, let's... Oh, for sure. I think she had help with yeah. people who'd, who'd done it before. The only reason that anyone found out about this was because this wasn't the first time that this had happened. Uh, two other inmates, I believe in the same state, I could be wrong, but two other inmates used the same method to get out. And one of the officers who had worked on one of their cases, because it was for murder, like people generally don't just get let out of prison for murder, um, saw in the news that this guy had been released. Um, he went to the judge that was on that case and was like, Did, are you serious? Did you authorize this? And the judge was like, no. Oh my God. So that's how they got caught. Um, Though I didn't get I didn't get far enough into uh, seeing how long they were on the loose and if for a, or how long it took to get them back in jail. But who knows? One of these guys might still be out here, out there. They might just be fugitives. <laughs> but because of that, I think there was a little bit more scrutiny uh, on her court ordered release. That might, truly, like you, you're you'd be on high alert after that. Mm-hmm. So I believe the only reason uh, she got caught was because a policy was instituted that when an inmate received a court order reducing their sentence um, before they were officially released, that paperwork would have to go back to that judge and have uh, officials verify with that judge that they had signed off on that paperwork. Yep which you would think that would be something that they had been doing all along. Well, yeah, guess not. <laughs> so she was very, very close to getting out. Um, I, I think she, they, they caught on like within days of when she was supposed to step outside of the jail. Yeah, there, uh, when I spoke to the police officer and I was like, can you tell me about that? He was like, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear from her again in some like scheme capacity, you know, just yeah. being like, even though she's obviously locked away forever and ever. But now she's in a, she wasn't, she wasn't in maximum security before, but now she is. Yeah, they're like, wait a minute here. But we <laughs> yeah. need some extra protection on this one. And they probably took away her internet privileges as well. I hope so. Though knowing how good she is at scheming, she's probably, she's probably got an iPhone tucked away somewhere. Oh my God. She's probably got a, a a burner Twitter account. This woman's terrifying. Like, truly. She's uh -huh. super scary. So, DeAndre Knight was arrested as well. But uh, he was only arrested in connection with the fraud yep. of taking uh, Michael's money. He wasn't, uh, because he wasn't directly involved in the murder, mm -hmm. he, didn't, he didn't get in trouble for that lucky guy. Yeah. I mean, do you think he knew? That she killed him? No, she's probably lying to everyone she's ever met. He probably just thought she was, you know, she was just having hard times, you know? Yeah, because if she's 
playing him as well. She's like, oh, I'm flying down. Who knows? She's yeah, probably like, oh, I have to visit my sick parents or something. Oh, like, my God. She's, she's probably cooking up all kinds of sympathy-generating lies. Juanita is uh, in jail serving out the remainder of her sentence. What's crazy is she's uh, eligible for parole in 2033. Which means that she was serving out her initial sentence. She didn't have any time added to her sentence for these shenanigans. How did that happen? Well, don't you think they'd be like, whoa, this is really messed up. You get another 40 years. Right? I'd be, I'd be like, make it 200. Should I, <laughs> do you want to, should I keep going? What, you want more? Are you going to, are you done talking? <laughs> another 50? How about another 75? Are you done? And then just <laughs> 500 years. Slam the gavel. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> sure, that's what she deserves. Uh-huh. And I don't, like 40 years for murdering someone and burying them in their own backyard and stealing all this money. Like, aren't there like, yeah, that, that's 700 years right there. I, and clearly she <laughs> also be. has never shown uh, a drop of remorse. None. She's not sorry. She's mad she got caught. Yes. And 2033. If she gets parole, she's going to be at it again. She's, she's going to find another retired military dude, probably older this time, so that it's uh, more believable when he kicks the bucket unexpectedly. Oh, my God. Yeah. We should probably, like, poison some old dude or, like, OD him on Viagra or something, you know? She's like, reading all the books in jail. Like, yeah. She's got too much time on her hands now. She's to figure like, out how to really get away with it next time? She's clearing her Google searches. She's... Yeah. <laughs> oh. I don't, I don't look forward to, to 2030. But to be fair, we all, are we all going to make it to 2033 even? Isn't the sun going to burn us all up by then? Yeah, I think, I think it is. Um. <laughs> I mean, I hope it doesn't. I would like to live a long, full life. You guys, wouldn't you? But it's hard to be optimistic for that, <laughs> considering the current state of affairs. Yeah, I feel like we just talked about the darkest, most awful story, <laughs> and then now we're talking about how we're actually all going to die. Not from murder, but from just global warming or something equally. I don't know. Just uh. You guys, we all know that recycling doesn't work. It's, it's too late for recycling to make a difference. But um, maybe go out there and campaign for solar panels. What can we do? Can we bring back the ice caps? Can we, uh, can we fight the fires in the Amazon that were set on purpose, by the way, by the Brazilian government? Ugh. Deforestation. Deforestation. Because the Amazon has too many trees. I am on a tear. I'm on a tangent. <laughs> I'm terrified of the world. Uh, but, you know... When you, when you look at a story like this, um, it really helps put things in perspective. Uh, and we'll that it, it's not the world at large that, that's, that you should be terrified of. It's, uh, it's the world you live in. It's your little circle of, uh, of, uh, of home, of community. I think the takeaway from this that gives me like, some peace from what you just said is like, well, I guess at least we'll all be dead when Quinetta gets out of <laughs> jail, so we'll all be okay. She can't con the sun. Yeah, so she'll be dead too. Cheers. <laughs> Josie. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. Thanks Why for coming on. so much? This is not a funny subject. I mean, it is, but it's not. It's, it's funny and it's not funny at the same time. It's terrifying and hilarious, and uh, that's what I aim for. Thanks for having me. 
You just listened to episode 27 of Women Who Kill. You guys, if you like the show, definitely stop by iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review. It helps a lot. Helps new people find the show. Uh, if you want to support with your dollars, stop by patreon.com slash kaichoice. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash k-a-i-c-h-o-y-c-e. Join the Women Who Kill Illuminati. Give free things, access to bonus content, and uh, be a part of making this happen. If you want to send me an email, you can send an email to wwkpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, if it's not crazy, I'll respond. If you have suggestions for uh, people you want to hear us talk about on the show, let me know. I might take heed. If you hate the show, go fuck yourself. Other than that, thanks again for listening, you guys. We'll see you next week.